All right, welcome into the Kickoff in the Valley podcast, where I am not Gunner Jackson, but that certainly remains Tyler Vasquez. We know the Bird Gang Travel Club has flapped its wings down to Mexico City for one of those uh, little little international feel for the NFL. Tyler, how are you? How's the travel? I know you got in hours ago. You're rested, relaxed. You're really you're you're, you're almost uh, you're gonna move there at this point. You've been there so long. Got in hours ago. I got in about 30 minutes ago and went through mm-hmm. customs galore. Just customing and customing is what I was doing. You know what I mean? I was just yes. it was uh, security check after security check, and because I bring like five body bags of stuff for when we do these trips and it's funny they're letting everyone else just walk through without putting their stuff through the uh security check deal when you get into mexico and last time i came i didn't have this much stuff so they just let me walk through no problem i get here today and uh nope they saw those bags and we're like you're running them through the checking machine so we did that we hopped into the the car service and got our way over here but it's so funny to go like, I don't know, three miles, four miles. It takes like half an hour because of the <laughs> amount of traffic uh, in Mexico City and at all times of the day. So anyway, because of that, Gunner is not able to make this taping because we are taping a little later than normal, a few hours later. So uh, and he's got to get his dinner in early, his beauty rest, all that for his morning show. You know, what takes Cucumber priority over, over, over the, the pod, eyelids, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. and plus, I think he has that hot tub all hooked up now, so I'm sure he's just having a soak and a snooze in the tub. The bottom line is, though, as we know, uh, we have the Arizona Cardinals. This will be the Monday night. They'll cap off the week for Mexico City. Divisional game taking on the San Francisco 49ers. As you and I talked about uh, last time, this is the last gasp. This is the last possible chance for the Arizona Cardinals to convince themselves and the fan base that they can still salvage this season. Obviously, it being a divisional game means if you can get the win, you can put yourself right back into that picture. The NFC wild card, there's a lot of games probably to watch around the league. So I actually, Tyler, this is a good thing for, for Arizona fans. You'll know if you should just not even bother being invested in a win or a loss on Monday night because a lot of games could happen on Sunday that could even further damage or help the Cardinal stance. Yeah, I'm actually going to take a look at that right now. I mean, you got the Packers and the Titans, so we need the Titans to do us some favors. You've got Bears-Falcons. I mean, if the Bears could upset the Falcons, and I don't even know if that's an upset, but, I mean, the Falcons are 4-6, and six, the Bears are 4-7. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. um, anything well, the Commanders. Else? The Commanders game yeah. against Houston. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to get lucky there or not. No, so you I don't think so. Games. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple. Well, I mean, Rams-Saints, that doesn't really matter. I'm just kind of – Bruising here, uh, Vikings Cowboys. I mean, that that could be a game of relevance. Oh boy. You want, and I'm, I'm not even listen. We all know voice of the bird got here. I, I'm not here to, to rain on anyone's parade, but when you throw out Vikings Cowboys, which is real and does matter, but you think about the Cowboys being six and three, it's just like I can't even. I have a hard time associating teams with those type of records as hey, if we can get them back to the pack. Now, the card, uh, the Cowboys to their discredit, lost to the Packers. So it does, Mm -hmm. I think, shine them in a different light. So they're there. They're in that category that you need to see some losses. And we talked about it um, on some other content that I was creating earlier today that 
I don't think the Cowboys are going to win that game. Like Minnesota is an they, eight and they, one team for a reason. They lose to Minnesota. They have the Giants the following week. If they lose two in a row, they're now six and five. You Look know what I mean? Became a Giants fan. Well, mm, yeah, maybe a little <laughs> bit. You know what I mean? So it's not unrealistic to think that the Cowboys could fall back down to earth and give you some more hope for that last playoff spot or even the sixth playoff spot, but you would have to go on a, a mighty run. Um, you know, and it, it starts this week, like you said, the Niners pro football focus has them 11th in offense and fifth in defense. So pretty balanced as a team overall, where the Cardinals, they're pretty balanced too. They're 28th in offense and 26th in defense. So Nobody told them you can you can have disparity between those two things. You don't need to be so close together. <laughs> yeah, oh. you, you wish you were a little bit higher in the pack like the Niners, but you're not. So, uh, but I mean, when you look at what they did against the Rams this past Sunday, one would think Colt McCoy's probably going to start. I know today at practice, Kyler Murray and Colt McCoy during the open media portion were both practicing. So who knows with, with the hammy, I mean, the way cliff cliff is so weird when we had Bruce Arians, there's another, let's put down check number five of why we love Bruce Arians of a head coach, sure. but he, um, he was very candid, very, he, he would occasionally lie to the media and he would say, Oh, I lied to you guys. And he'd laugh yeah. about it. And it was a good time. <laughs> cliff like is such a BSer when it comes to injuries and everything else. Like, he just he's so vague about it. And it's just like, Cliff, tell us what's going on. I, I mean, just the other day when he said, oh, I, I have no update on Zach Ertz. And then 30 minutes after the presser, Zach Ertz is done for the season. Well, that but Did, now let's be fair here. Let's be fair to Cliff Kingsbury. We don't know that he actually gets a lot of information from the organization. True. We're not really sure where his status uh, lies yeah, right now. That's a good point. But, you know, to your the, the funny thing about it, too, is. Kyler Murray, it was reported, you know, feels good, but unsure about playing on Monday. Now, typically that would be, oh, okay, being a little cagey, your starting quarterback, mm -hmm. you know, you want to maybe play a little bit of trickery there with your division foe, but knowing how Colt McCoy played, <laughs> it's almost, I wonder internally if they're like, no, 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 Kyler, Kyler, let's just be safe, not sorry here, rested another week. Well, and Cliff said it in this press conference the other day, we want to make sure Kyler's 100%. When you say something like that, that makes me think, okay, well, then you're sitting him because, <laughs> right? you know. I feel 95% coach, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah like I think 100%. they're sitting him. They're going to go with the hot hand. Um, <laughs> Colt McCoy, he got the ball out quick. He's going to have to do it again. The Snyder's defense is really good. Um, so, you know, they're going to have to move. One positive for the offense is even though you lost Zach Ertz and, and now you're kind of questionable at quarterback, uh, where you're not questionable is wide receiver. Hollywood Brown was brought back from IR or designated to come back from IR and was at practice today. From the videos I saw, he looked great uh, running. I mean, it didn't look like he was hampered at all. So I would bet just based on when the media talked to him yesterday, which would have been Wednesday, uh, we were taping this on Thursday. Uh, when, when he met with the media, he had said that, it was God's plan. I had said four weeks and here we are four weeks. So that leads me to believe like Hollywood saying he's playing Monday. So if he's back, it's going to be your first look of having both DeAndre Hopkins and Hollywood Brown on the field with Rondell yep. Moore as well. I mean, the, between the three, I mean, last game, both of them had eight plus targets, Hollywood or uh, DeAndre Hopkins and, and Rondell Moore. You add in Hollywood Brown into the mix. 
he can't cover everybody. So, and especially when you're talking about, I mean, listen, maybe it actually benefits me playing on Monday night, right? The extra day that can only mm-hmm. help his case for getting back on the field. And then to your point, we, we know, right? AJ Green has been getting a lot of reps for this team. Greg Dortch cannot get reps for this team anymore. But so to be able to replace AJ Green and knowing that you lost Ertz as well here, you're obviously excited not for the loss of Ertz, but for Trey McBride, who was a high draft pick for this team to get out there as well. But you put Marquise Brown back out there potentially. And to your point, I, you know, listen, without leave this season and the results off the table, that's one of the more dynamic three-headed receiving cores in the NFL. You know, we haven't had a chance to see it at all this season, but Colt, Colt McCoy or Kyler Murray, it's at least going to create problems. And the one area that we talked about last episode as well, John Connor and his lack of real production this season and the injuries, obviously. But hey, when you have dynamic playmakers at wide receiver and you can stretch the field, if you can give enough time there, keep that box a little bit clearer and maybe let Connor start to go too. So, I mean, there's some nice dynamics at play here. Obviously, it's a tall task when you're taking on the 49ers, who are far better than what their record, I think, currently states. Yeah, uh, it'll be things to watch on the weekend or for this game Monday. You're now going to have Trey McBride filling in for Zach Ertz. And now you're going to have Keontae Ingram filling in for Eno Benjamin as your second running back. So between, yeah. like you mentioned, James Conner has not been what we have hoped this year compared to what he was last year. Well, now, I, I mean, we're going to see what this two-headed uh, – and it might not be two headed. I mean, James Conner got one headed 20, 21 carries. I think it was last week. So I mean, yeah, it'll be, this whole offense is going to be very interesting to watch, especially when you're, you're not, you're not bringing back something from hard knocks. And uh, I'll get into hard knocks a, a little bit here is one of the focal points in last night's episode that debuted uh, episode two was the the offensive line and talking about how were they going to stop Aaron Donald and uh, really seeing Beecham step up as a leader. That was really cool mm-hmm. to see because, you know, he's he's been around for a little bit and uh, one of the underrated signings for the Cardinals that they've had. And um, when you talk about, I mean, he is the leader on that offensive line right now with everybody else out. So uh, getting to see that, getting to see uh, Lacidius, uh, Lacidius, the offensive lineman that was filling in or – I want to call him Lectus, but I, be- I believe the way they were saying on Hard Knocks was Lacedius. Yeah. Um, but him as a rookie, he wasn't expecting to play. He openly admitted he was not expecting to see the field this year. And to see Kyler Murray kind of trying to coach him up, that was something from Hard Knocks that was very interesting in the episode. And, and uh, Adam, you'll need to watch this at some point. But uh, the different in leadership styles between Colt McCoy and Kyler Murray, I mean, I sure. think I saw a lot of that on Twitter. I saw... Uh, people commenting how Colt McCoy, he was more coddling, more uh, motivating, more happy-go-lucky with the leadership skills, where Kyler Murray was kind of brash, a lot of swear words, a lot of uh, – he was just kind of tough love. So it's well, kind of like gotta- – yeah, go you got to remember too, right? And, and and by the way, I think that experience then also helps you understand how to do it. Now, there's other examples like Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that his leadership style is anything that anyone's you know putting up there as the template. But I would say too, right? In this particular season, what do you have? You have Colt McCoy, the backup veteran quarterback, who's going to get a chance to a spot start. Everything that he gets to be about gets to be about camaraderie, motivation, right? The team, the team, the team. Whereas Kyler Murray stuck under the microscope. He knows, you know, that any any athlete at this stage in social media, they're out there, they're reading, they're listening, they're watching. 
So, you know, I'd be curious to find out in his quiet moments if Kyler Murray is maybe coming in with a little bit of that FU energy because he knows that, you know, his reputation is on the line here. Thankfully, he mm-hmm. already got the big contract, but, it, you know, it matters. When you play at this high level, you want to be respected. You want to be regarded as one of the best in the game. And right now, he is quickly tumbling down that list. I'm uh, my day gig is, you know, or not my day gig, but my one of my side gigs. And before my current day gig, I I was an event producer. And I think there's two types of event producers that I've met over my years of working and putting on events. Right. Events are big pressure. You want everything to go right because you have a ton of people coming. All kinds of things can go wrong. That's why they call them special events. Right. There's two owner or there's two management styles I've seen. And, And when I look at Kyler Murray and I look at Colt McCoy, and, and again, people answer to different styles. So I'm not saying that Kyler's isn't going to work, but I will tell you like in my world, when I've done events, the person that isn't calm, cool and collective and is, <laughs> you know, yelling at everybody, they're not getting the same results as the person that understands, Hey, ish is going to happen and yeah. you got to roll with the flow and, and make it work. And, and to your point, I think Kyler Murray's under a bunch of pressure right now. And not pressure, like you said, contract-wise. I mean, he's gotten paid, but when you're catching as many bullets as he is in the media and everywhere else right now, it's going to get to you. I mean, you know he's checking social media. He has it where you can't even tag him on certain things, on like Instagram and different places. Like, you can tell he gets bothered. And remember, he wiped his whole social media clean uh, last season or the season before. Right. Like, Kyler Murray. Uh, what a, what like, a tragic look that is. Yeah, I like, think he, he lets the stuff get to him. And so I think that's why you're seeing that kind of leadership from him. I don't think that's necessarily how he's always been his whole life, maybe. I don't know for a fact. But it, it, well, you saw and you saw this back with Hopkins on the sideline a couple yeah. of weeks ago, right? And again, there's a player that you've missed and you've wanted to have there to help the team be better, but he's getting into it with him as well. And again, I'll go back to it. Cole McCoy, who at least has been around the block, right? He understands what it is to be an NFL quarterback. But, you know, I, I wonder inside, you know, we've we talked about this a lot. I wonder inside that building. Okay, Cliff Kingsbury is under a lot of pressure. We all get that. He's under the microscope. Maybe he won't be back. Maybe he will be fired. Okay. But how do the players feel about the coaching staff as opposed to Kyler Murray? Because that, that's, that's a big factor here. There's a, when you think about teams around the league, nobody in Green Bay is saying anything about Aaron Rodgers. We used him mm-hmm. before as the example. But Tom Brady, well, guess what? He can get in and yell at everyone's face because it's understood. This dude has the resume. So either you're going to get you know, right, wrong, indifferent, you're going to get on board or you're going to get the F out of the way because he, he is moving this thing forward. Whatever it's going to be, it's going to depend on him. There's other guys that are cool and calm and collective. There are the, I think, you know, Drew Brees kind of had a balance of fieriness. You have a guy like Peyton Manning over the years, a a, a tactician that is going to demand things, but also kind of has this gradual, steady progression to the way he looks at things. I, I really, truly wonder, once you have one game like that from Colt McCoy and people have been practicing with him, I, I genuinely wonder how players on this team feel about Kyler Murray this season. I, I've... You know, I have contacts that are close to situations and I have heard there is, and I think you could see it in the last game. You could see some sure. of the joy from certain That's players. That's the elevation of it, right? Yeah. Right. Like you could see players felt differently with Colt than what they did with Kyler. And I, and I have heard that there is people in the locker room and it came out this week. I was on Twitter. There was a report that there's people that don't like Kyler Murray in the locker room. So it's, it's no secret, but I mean, again, on a team of, 53 individuals or whatever they've expanded the roster to 
you, not every person's going to like everybody. I mean, you're no. going to have people you, you get along with and people you don't. So it's not super alarming, but I mean, my thing is as the leader of the team, you want to be respected at the very least. Sure. Like it's different not to like me, right? Like, Adam, you yeah. may not like me at all, but as long as you respect what I bring to to our efforts together, right? That's all that's going to matter for us to get to where we want to be. And ultimately, yeah. I think that could be, again, I put it a little bit on injuries because we've had a, a magnitude of, of injuries. But I also put it on like, hmm, how much are they not respecting the leader? And thus, it's hard to get a lot out of guys either. And the leader being maybe Kyler, being maybe Cliff, maybe a combo of both. I mean, <laughs> right. Maybe everybody who knows who knows who's supposed to be the leader. One of the, the big problems, as we know. Um, one last thing you're talking about health and injuries. You know, Byron Murphy has dealt with some little ones. He keeps getting uh -huh. hit with a questionable tag. But I don't want to get too far into it. You're going to go behind enemy lines and get to look from the 49ers side here as well. But it, it, one of the, the biggest things when I think about this matchup, you know, we talk about how. Christian McCaffrey, they could go out, they make the move for him, and it does make them, obviously, next mm -hmm. level uh, next level on the offensive side. But then you have Ayuk, and then you have Debo Samuel, and then you have George Kittle. Like, as good as, or as optimistic as the defensive side of the ball has allowed Arizona fans to feel, when you look at this matchup, and Jimmy G, like kind of Mr. Consistency in a lot of ways, do you think it's going to be that's probably the most glaring area where it's, boy, how do we cover all these guys? Because we know the Cardinals do not have the depth at the cornerback position to say we can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with one, two, three weapons to say nothing of CMC coming out of the backfield. I don't know, though, because I look at this defense and they've steadily gotten better week after week after week, and they've gotten healthier. I mean, it's not like the offense. The offense is banged up galore. The defense, and yes, you mentioned like nicked up injuries, Buddha and, and Byron, for example, but Marco Wilson's gotten better week after week. Uh, Hamilton's gotten better week after week. Yeah. You know, he had that incident in the offseason where he, where he accidentally burnt himself in the kitchen. He, you know, now we're five, six, seven weeks removed. He's playing like the guy, I mean, coming out of camp, they said he was the definite number two corner. And he had earned the earned the spot. So, yeah. and then you look at the, the linebackers. You look at Isaiah Simmons playing better week after week. You look at Zayvon Collins playing better week after week. Then you go to the defensive line. I mean, Zach Allen's been impressive. Uh, uh, my uh, Myja Sanders last week had a couple disruptive plays. So you're getting contributions from rookies. You're getting contributions from some of the sophomores. You're getting some of the juniors. I mean, guys that have been on the team two three years. They're they're stepping up, and then the rookies are stepping up. So. When I look at the Niners offense, I think, okay, I mean, they haven't been clicking on all cylinders. I, my biggest concern with the Niners run game would be Elijah Mitchell. Uh, you know, he he tore it up this past week. I think he had almost 90 yards. He averaged almost, I think it was five yards a carry. Mm -hmm. So uh, you got that that one-two punch with uh, Mitchell and, and CMC. And yeah, the run game scares me a little bit. I'm not too concerned with Garoppolo in the pass game, though. I, I think I think our team can be built to sustain that. But where I think we struggle on defense is, is kind of containing both the run and the pass. So you know you're gonna slip somewhere. Yeah, it's tricky too because I'm just like I'm looking back at like San Francisco and just their record. I mean, listen, Arizona is kind of hard to gauge, but it's a fair point that you make about the defense mostly being healthy and then also mostly getting consistently better, like incremental steps forward. 
it, it's so, so they're all man, playing been, together, right? Like, yeah, like they've continuity. been together. You're not throwing in different guys like the offense. So, it, and the weird thing to me, it, it's been such a weird year in the NFL in general. Like, I'm looking over the 49ers schedule, and you go, you know, these last couple of wins, they have back to back wins, 31 points against the Rams, and they only give up 14. But the Rams have been a mess. So, you know, it, it's not the same stock you want to put in that. They beat the Chargers 22 16. Chargers have been better but they haven't been the team we thought they were going to be coming in, right? And then on top of that, and maybe to your point a little bit here, you go back to two prior weeks. Listen, Kansas City, take it off the table. But Atlanta, you know, you lose 28-14 to Atlanta, and that's less about giving up the 28 points. A defense can have a bad game, but it's Atlanta. You got to be able to find a way to manufacture mm-hmm. some offensive success against them. So this is a weird – I may take back a little bit this idea that I, I do think that San Francisco is a team that's getting better as the season goes along, but just noticing that they have two wins against a very bad this season Rams team, also Carolina thrown in there, it, it's actually not as strong or as as building of a resume as I thought it was. So, I mean, maybe – you. Maybe I do give the Cardinals a puncher's chance here to maybe be catching this thing at the right moment with San Francisco before maybe they're going to go on a little bit of a run. If Colt McCoy does start, he did beat the Niners last year. So, I mean, there may be something to that. Just like the Cardinals are getting better week by week, you got to think the Niners are getting better week by week, though, with with CMC now being in the fold a little bit. This is his fourth game now. We'll see. I, I mean, you know, they're getting Mitch. Like I said, Mitchell came back last week. So they're starting to get healthy. They're starting to get continuity. So it's it's going to be a clash Monday. And like like we said, you know, most of the recent podcasts, it's been the Cardinals haven't been blown out other than the Kansas City game. You know, they've been in these games. If they can stay in this game on Monday, then, yeah, it's a boxer's chance, right? A fighter's shot at, at winning this game. So. All right, now at this time, we're going to go behind enemy lines from our brother podcast here on the Odyssey Sports uh, slew of podcasts. Uh, from the 415ers, I've got Mr. Mark Grandy. Mark, how you doing, bud? I'm doing well, Tyler. Thanks so much for having me on. Appreciate it. No, pumped we could get you on. I, I will tell you, so when we do this, you know, I always reach out to the brother or sister pods on the network, mm-hmm. so to speak, right? I always reach out. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's, you know, it'd be good to share some love back and forth. And to me, it's a no brainer, right? Then, then we'll tweet it out. We'll tag each other. It'll be fantastic. Mm-hmm. The two times, cause we've already played them twice that I try to get someone from the brother, sister pod up in Seattle. <laughs> they ghosted me both times, like just <laughs> no showed galore. And uh, I just think the rivalry runs real deep between the Cardinals and Seahawks. And, you know, the rivalry runs a little deep between Cardinals and Niners. But I, I feel like there's some gentleman respect between mm. the two pods. And and I appreciate that. So I, I thank you for coming on tonight. Oh, of course. Uh, very, very excited to be here. And, yeah, I mean, we didn't uh, – my, my co-host and I, Evan, we didn't reach out to uh, the, uh, the opposing podcast in Seattle for week two – but we'll probably do it when they play Thursday night football in Seattle. I think it's week 15. But yeah. if they didn't get back to, to Don't even you, bother. 
Don't even bother. Back to you for Waste the your time. I don't, I don't think they're going to get back to me for on the 49ers. No, we'll see. No. They'll say that they don't check their emails, but <laughs> I mean, I think I know what it really is. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We got nine. Uh, well, <laughs> let's hop right into it. I'm live from a hotel here in Mexico City. Um, you look like you're in a radio studio somewhere. Uh, I'm assuming in the Bay Area. Yeah, indeed. Downtown San Francisco right now. Yes, sir. Nice. I love it. I love it. I always love going to up, up to San Fran. I made the trip last year and came out for that game in, in San Fran. So, um, are you, can we get you on a plane to Mexico for the game Monday? What, what's, what are the over under on those odds? Uh, not good. I would love to, <laughs> but it's unfortunately not going to happen. Seems did, like it did, would just be, I mean, what, like a hundred thousand people might be there to watch the game. Something like that. Yeah. Did you see the stat that like 80% of tickets purchased all I, came from zip codes I in the Bay did. area? I did. Yeah. And we actually had uh, George Kittle on our, our station, 95, seven, the game earlier this week. And he said, uh, you know, you give the Niners fans an opportunity to get tickets anywhere in the world and they're going to show up. And it certainly looks like they're going to on Monday night. I respect that. So my day job is I run what's called Berg. Well, not my day job, but my side business is a, it's <laughs> called Berging travel. And we take fans to road games, do a whole package. That's what we're doing this weekend in, in Mexico. So anytime I see the 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 opposing team have fans in other cities it's it's pretty cool to see i regardless if uh they're in division or not but uh, i don't i don't like seeing the niner fans but they always turn out pretty good at westgate uh over over in glendale when when your team comes out to arizona but um with that being said let's get into the niners let's get into this matchup on monday jimmy garoppolo mr consistency if i've ever seen it um his last three games averaging uh, a completion percentage of about 67% or better um, he's had a mid nineties QB rating or better. So, you know, playing well, I, I mean, all things considered, um, you know, going into the year, you guys started with Trey Lance. I didn't think he was going to make it, uh, through a full season. If I wish I'd, I don't want to bet on injuries, but I wish I would have bet. I didn't think he was going to make it for one or two reasons. I thought either he was going to underperform in the passing game and Garoppolo was going to get onto the field or there would be an injury because of how much he runs. Um, I've seen that story all too well with, with Kyler Murray. He gets nicked up when he runs. So uh, those running quarterbacks oftentimes don't make it through a full season. So with that being said, I mean, what have you seen from Jimmy G this year? and What can we be anticipating Monday? Well, yeah, there was certainly a, a kind of a feeling out period early in the year. I mean, he took over midway through really after the first quarter of week two against the Seahawks, played pretty well. And he said post game at that moment, hey, you know, it's like riding the bike. You know, I've been the starter here for a number of years. But then if you remember, week three uh, was that Sunday night game in Denver when the Niners offense scored nine points and Jimmy Garoppolo stepped you know, out of bounds in the back of the end zone and committed a safety. And that was, you know the worst game of Jimmy Garoppolo's career. And he's like, you know, it's going to take a while to, you know, get back, uh, you know, into the, you know, normal, you know, feel of things just because I didn't really have a normal off season and training camp. But since then he's been really good. And as you mentioned, he's been really consistent. And the big thing with Jimmy Garoppolo, it is always the turnovers. We, we call them Jimmy G. Oh, no throws is what a lot of us call them out here in the Bay area. He seems to make, two, three, four of them a game. But he has really cut those down recently. The game a couple of weeks ago, right before the bye week against the Rams, he had a couple, but they didn't go for interceptions or turnovers. One bounced off Jalen Ramsey's chest, a bit lucky for Jimmy Garoppolo. But this most recent week against the Chargers, really no turnover-worthy throws by my estimation. He was really good. There were some that you know were bad throws and, and high and, and well outside of his, of his target, but nowhere near 
defenders either. That's certainly better than an interception, just a simple incomplete pass. So I've been pleasantly surprised by Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, as a backup quarterback, you poss- you, you could not possibly ask for anything better. And with all the uh, the the weapons that he has now on offense with Debo Samuel and and George Kittle and now Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk, who's really becoming his favorite target in the passing game over the last month, month and a half. He does not need to be incredible. He does not need to be special. He just needs to be efficient and not turn the ball over. And he's done that recently, and that's where the Niners have been playing better uh, better football. So if he does that against the Cardinals on Monday night, there's probably a decent chance that the, that the Niners will be in a pretty good position to win the game. You talked about Debo Samuel. I know he was a little nicked up a couple weeks ago, and I personally have him on a fantasy team or two. And, uh, yeah, it hasn't been great. So, I mean, is this just because of the injury slowing him down a little bit? Is it because Jimmy G has made Ayuk that favorite target? Or or could we see a resurgence of of Debo Samuel, what made him special, really down the stretch last year? I mean, last year and in the playoffs, I mean, it was like Debo was the entire team. At times, I mean, yeah. he really took yeah. over in the run game and in the pass game. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot in our on, on our podcast, the Four One Fivers. My my co host Evan and I over the last couple of weeks, really since the Christian McCaffrey trade, because the question has always been: Are there, un, you know, are there too many mouths to feed now in mm-hmm. the offense? You have so many players that are deserving of 10, 12 touches a game. I mean, you have all pros everywhere on offense. Who's going to be the odd man out? And recently, it's been kind of a combination of George Kittle and Debo Samuel. But for Debo specifically, you know, last year, his, uh, you know, explosion in the run game and in the passing game, I mean, I think people forget he had, I think, 1,400 receiving yards to go with all of the work he did on the ground in the second half of the season. But that, you know, work as a running back was really by need because the Niners just didn't have – any other healthy yeah. options that they trusted. So Kyle Shanahan said, hey, Debo Samuel is basically a running back. We just throw him the ball instead of hand it off to him. Why don't we just hand it off to him and see how it works? And it ended up working phenomenally, and, and now he's a really, really well-paid wide receiver running back combo. So a lot of that last year and all of those touches and and him being the focal point of an off- offensive game plan and the opponent's defensive game plan, I argue a lot of it was more so just because the Niners needed someone to give the ball to. They didn't have anyone else. This year, they have all these other weapons, and you add in now Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk's you know, emergence, as you mentioned, um, and I think he's just simply not getting as many more touches because they don't need to give him as many more touches. And the conversation last year around Debo Samuel was, this guy cannot possibly keep this up because he's going mm-hmm. to get run into the ground. You're giving him the ball. You're asking him to run between tackles, and he's he's taking on all this extra pressure and and all these added hits. What's going to happen, you know, in the future? And now the conversation is get him the ball more. And I, you can't really have it both ways. Perhaps there is a happy medium in between, and I think we'll probably see that more as the season wears along but at this moment considering that the Niners are are five and four and they control their own destiny in the um in the in the race for the division at the moment they do have another game with Seattle coming up but they already won the first matchup these games aren't absolute must-win games for the 49ers like they were down the stretch last year and of course in the playoffs if the Niners get to that position and when they get to that position again i'm sure we'll see an uptick in debo samuel's usage 
But unfortunately for you and, and you know his fantasy owners, I'm not quite sure it's something that you're immediately going to see 10, 12, 13, 14 touches for him once again right now in this game on Monday night. Debo was pretty vocal in the offseason before he got paid that, uh, you know, he, he made it pretty known. He created a stink, right? Kyler Murray did it as well for yeah. us. Do you see him not being happy at some point if this doesn't, if the uptick doesn't happen and see him causing a stink, maybe in terms of, you know, rep not playing time because he, he plays a lot, but it's getting the ball, you know, the Terrell Owens, like feed me, the Chad Ochocinco's of the world. I mean, I don't know Debo enough. Is is he that kind of guy? Like, would would could you see that happening if this continues? Yeah, I think if if you had to say it, one guy in this offense is going to feel that way, it would probably be Debo. Not saying I think that's going to happen, but it's probably more likely him than a George Kittle yeah. or a Christian McCaffrey or a Brandon Ayuk or, or really anyone else on offense. I think he's probably the guy, you know, built that way more so than anything. The conversation last year and in the offseason that you're talking about was, you know, him requesting a trade and all the reports were he doesn't want to be used as a running back as he's scared mm-hmm. of, at what that might do for his future. Um, you know, in terms of his ability to, to reach a second large contract because all these hits might take a toll on his body. Um, but what he said after he signed the contract extension was, no, I, I never had any problem running the ball. I just, of course, wanted to be compensated for it. But I'm always willing to do anything for the team. That was always, of course, more so on the extreme of overuse as opposed to underuse. I'm yeah. not sure if I'm not sure if he would, um, you know, maybe say that same thing. Like, yeah, whatever the team needs, if he's only getting three touches a game. Um, I think as long as the team is winning, he will be okay. But let's say uh, the 49ers fall to the Cardinals on Monday night. They return home and they they lose to New Orleans. And then Mike McDaniel, the Niners, you know, run game protege, who's now leading the Miami Dolphins, returns home and he beats the Niners again. And suddenly they're looking at a three-game losing streak and maybe they don't make the playoffs. And Debo Samuel is still averaging like five touches a game. At that point, we might uh, hear him voice some frustrations. But I think as long as the team is is competing and, and winning games and, and still has a chance to win this division, he'll be okay with it. But I think if there is someone that might feel that way, whether or not he vocalizes it or not, it's probably Debo. We just had the same situation with Eno Benjamin. That's the only reason I'm trying to. I'm trying to. You know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm trying to add a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, let's talk about this defense. I know when I was on your guys' show earlier today, you had mentioned uh, that defensive line is is pretty banged up for you guys, which honestly might be a blessing for us because our offensive line is uh, a bunch of I don't know tape and band aids and glue. So uh, I mean, when we look at this game Monday. Uh, the defense has been a strength for this team. Do you see this Cardinal offense being able to take advantage of of some of that situation right now? Well, I think a a big question there, and we we talked about this when you were on our podcast, as you mentioned, a big question there is whether or not Hollywood Brown's going to play having, you know, uh, a second or third receiver. You also factor in Rondale Moore. And then of course, Deandre Hopkins, that, that threesome, I think will be hard for the 49ers to, to defend. They're relatively, um, it's kind of slim pickings in the, in the defensive secondary for the 49ers right now. They've had some injuries in that regard this season as well, but kind of the, the bandaid over everything has been their defensive line and, and the defensive line's ability to put pressure on quarterbacks. 
Uh, but at practice on Thursday, the Niners, by the way, are practicing in Colorado to get ready for the elevation in Mexico City. What they were not aware of is that it's 20 degrees and snowing in Colorado. So kind of difficult <laughs> to practice in those conditions. But at practice on Thursday, Eric Armstead did not practice. It seems unlikely that he will play. Uh, Sam- Samson Ebukam, who missed last week, he did not practice. Not quite sure what his status is. Javon Kinlaw's on IR. So those are three of your four starting defensive linemen. Nick Bosa, uh, he did not practice as well, but just a rest day. He is full go, and he'll be ready to play on Monday. But there are holes on the defensive line. The good news for the 49ers is they are pretty deep. Charles O'Menehu had a really good game on Sunday night against the uh, against the Chargers. He had a sack. And, you know, Jordan Willis is, is a guy they can throw in there. Kevin Givens, guys that you probably haven't heard of, heard of if you're not a diehard fan of the 49ers. But they do have some depth that they can squeeze in there. Uh, but if, if this is a Cardinals offense, as you mentioned, that uh, that has those three receivers – Maybe it's Kyler Murray. Maybe it's Colt McCoy. I think the uh, the the one po- point of this game that might decide it is if that banged up 49ers defensive line can put pressure on whichever quarterback it is, whether it is McCoy or or Kyler Murray, because if those three receivers are healthy and all playing, the, the big one there is Hollywood Brown, it's probably going to be difficult for the 49ers to cover all of them for too long. So pressure from the banged up defensive line, I think, is something to keep an eye on in this one. That quick Colt Murray, uh, Colt Murray, that quick uh, <laughs> Colt McCoy release uh, is going to be crucial again this week. He was trying to avoid Aaron Donald uh, last weekend, and he did a really good job about it. I think Aaron Donald only had one um, QB pressure, uh, uh, QB hit, I think is what he had. Um, and if he can do that again against this defense line and, and this defense as a whole, I mean, I think that would bode well for the Cardinals. Last question I got for you is um, – you know, the, the it's a statement slash question uh, that the Cardinals were struggling a lot offensively. They're just earlier in the season. It was a real mess. It's still kind of a mess, but um, they had a Thursday night game. You know, they're featured around the country, a big game against the Saints. They pull out a win, um, much needed win for the Cardinals at that time. And, you know, we're celebrating and I'm in the middle of, of walking from the stadium over to the sports book to record the pod, the post game pod. And I get a notification on my phone. The 49ers have just traded for Christian McCaffrey. (laughs) And I have to believe that was on purpose. And it was to steal some spotlight and thunder from division rivals, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, that they would announce that or they would leak that info at that time of the evening uh, on a Thursday night game. But with that being said, instead of just waiting for Friday, right? Like could have waited for Friday for the news. It literally came out like four uh, minutes I mean, after the, the game ended. They they were trying their best to beat the uh, Los Angeles Rams to the punch. So I think yeah, every yeah. second mattered. They wanted to get a deal okay. done as quickly as possible. All right. You think they're uh, they've got better character than I do? But okay. <laughs> um, with that being said, I, I mean, you know, he can't, he played like that Sunday too, which was great. Like four yeah. days later against the Chiefs, and then now he's played two games since. Um, last week, but the, the surprise was uh, was Mitchell in the backfield. Was uh, He actually came back from injury, and he, what did he rip off, 90 yards is what it was, 90 yards and five yards of carry, almost 90 yeah. yards, 89 yards. Um, talk about the backfield. I know that's been a strength of the Niners the past few years. I was a big Mostert guy and a big Jeff Wilson uh, junior guy and and kind of having the, oh, who's the third one? You guys had another back, too, that I liked. Uh, Matt Brita? Brita? 
Yeah, it was Brita. Yeah. Um, so it was like a three headed monster over there. And you know, you know what it was when you guys had that, I, it got me in the, the belief that you do know, you no longer pay running backs. And then they trade for Christian McCaffrey <laughs> and completely abolish that opinion of, of that's what the Niners were doing. But um, yeah, I, you know, when, honestly, when the Cardinals paid James Conner, I was like, man, why? Why? Like running backs are a dime a dozen now. Go yeah. get a bunch of young guys. We saw with Eno Benjamin before they cut him. We've seen it with County Ingram a little bit. So now we talk about this Niners uh, run game with Christian McCaffrey and uh, Elijah Mitchell. Um, tell, tell us about what we're going to see there on Monday between the two. Well, yeah, it was super interesting. McCaffrey's second game, his first start, you mentioned the first game against the Chiefs, but his first start against the Rams, he had the the trifecta, the, the yep. receiving touchdown, the throwing touchdown, and the rushing touchdown, was not nearly as explosive on Sunday night against the Chargers. He had 14 carries, only 38 yards, less than three per carry. Did have that touchdown from, from a, a yard or two out that put the Niners ahead in the fourth quarter. Also caught four passes for 39 yards, but all in all, a relatively tame game. I think specifically what happened in this game against the Chargers was the Niners were so content running the ball with mm -hmm. their power running back, Elijah Elijah Mitchell. He's more of the, the bruiser between the tackles. McCaffrey is certainly strong and capable of breaking tackles, but Elijah Mitchell is the guy who can just lower the shoulder and, and run over a linebacker if he wants to and, and get three or four extra yards. And the Niners, I mean, as a, as a team, they ran for 157 yards. They ran the ball 41 times. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is undefeated when his teams rush for rush the ball 40 times or more. So uh, the Niners had a ton of success running the ball. And I think if this was a game in which the running game wasn't quite as effective uh, if the Niners were, were down by a, a bigger total in the second half, we would have seen more Christian McCaffrey touches because he's more of the explosive guy who can break a big one or, or take a, just a simple throw out to the flat from Jimmy Garoppolo and break it for 25, 30 yards, maybe break it all the way for a touchdown. But if you're getting five, six, seven yards a pop on first down on the ground with Elijah Mitchell, you don't need to go away from it. So I See think the it hot was, hand, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, I think it was more of a situation of how the game was going and the game script and, and what was working and, and and the fact that the Niners did not need to, you know, fix anything because it wasn't really broken. But if they get into a game where an, an opponent sh uh, shuts down the run a bit better or they're trailing by 10 points in the third quarter, then we'll see more Christian McCaffrey. But kind of similar to the Debo conversation earlier, I'm not sure we're going to see Kyle Shanahan, considering all the weapons that he has, he's not going to wear any one individual into the ground. They needed it in that game against the Rams because Elijah Mitchell was not back yet. Uh, Debo Samuel was not playing in that game. The third receiver, Jawan Jennings, was not playing in that game. They needed more from Christian McCaffrey in that game. They did not need nearly as much against the Chargers. So I think it's kind of going to kind of be a game-by-game -game basis, depending on the situation, how much McCaffrey is going to be used. If it's a game like the Chargers game was, we'll probably see more Mitchell. But if it's a game where they not, the Niners need more, then certainly we'll see more of the superstar Christian McCaffrey because there's no doubt he is this team's best offensive player. They just didn't quite need it in that win against the Chargers. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey obviously has had a lot of injuries over the past few years and was really the the workhorse of the Carolina Panthers. So, uh, you know, ultimately, I think the Niners are doing the right thing by uh, running the hot hand and, and kind of 
less is more with Christian McCaffrey yeah. at this point. Spare him out till the playoffs and then run him to the ground or the playoffs if <laughs> exactly. you want. But uh, with that being said, Mark, appreciate you coming on. He's Mark Grandy from the 415ers, our uh, brother sister podcast on the Odyssey Sports home of podcasts covering the 49ers. Thanks, Mark. Yep, of course. Thanks, Tyler. That was Behind Enemy Lines. And uh, now I'm going to bring back uh, into the picture the uh, voice of the bird god, producer Adam. Call! Before you go, um, you've uh, we never talked about this. You've been down to Mexico City before yeah. um, for games. W- what is that energy no, like? What is that? No, 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 no. Well, you I came down been. for a soccer game two weeks ago or three weeks ago. Oh, right. And then on your scouting, yeah. on your little scouting report. Yeah. So, yeah, was, so what do you anticipate for, uh, you know, the Bird Gang Travel Club? You said 100, 150 people come to a lot of your events. This one's maybe a little bit more travel for some people than others. But what do you anticipate the atmosphere being like this being a, a neutral site kind of game? Clearly, you, it ain't you like, going to be neutral. It, sh- it should be more Arizona, right? It should be heavily. Oh, Arizona. no. Uh, there was reports earlier this week that 80%, I believe this came from Ticketmaster because they were the, the only place that was selling tickets. 80% of the tickets came from the Bay area. Really? So yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I'm shocked by that. Now that doesn't factor in, uh, that won't factor in secondary sales. But even then I saw another report that TickPick, who we actually partner with for tickets. And that's where we purchased most of our tickets. It even said like their numbers were about 80% Niners, like, like zip codes. I don't know why I'm shocked by that, but I'm shocked by that. I'm surprised because I felt like when the Cardinals came here in 05 and they played the Niners, uh, I thought it was more Cardinal skewed. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, maybe it's just because of the success the Niners have had over the last 20 years compared to the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals have had some success, but the <laughs> Niners have been five. So, you know, it's like the yeah. last you know, 15, 20 years ago, this yeah. was all farmland, but then they chopped down the trees and put up a mall. But yeah. uh, so I, I just I was I was curious to see about that. Um, obviously, we're, we're closing this one out here, but it is, I, those, a, those it is a Cardinals game. home game, though. Like it's labeled the Cardinals home game. So it'll be interesting when it's uh, it'll be like the Rams a couple of weeks ago when they hosted the Niners, it was all Niner fans. So <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's what you're going to see, but the Cardinals play better on the road. So uh, you, depending on how you look at it, little right? Trick, like little trick, right? Yeah, a little, little Jedi trick mind line. trick right here is the Cardinals, you know, they may feel like this is a road audience and, and may uh, be able to do some stuff. So, well, with that being said, uh he's producer adam the voice of the bird god i'm tyler with at Gang travel you can find us on instagram at Gang travel twitter uh and facebook if you are coming to mexico and you're listening to this on the airplane find us at birdgangmexico.com we have events all weekend long it'll be a good time for sure adam are you trying to come in is that what you're trying to tell me yeah i got some other things going on i'm trying to wrap the show and you're like pointing to me what do you what do we got adam i was saying get out there go go find my you know go find my guy he'll be there waiting for you you know no yeah Yeah. who knows though who knows i'll take a look at the schedule maybe there'll be a a voice of the bird god you know in in real life fly from new york to mexico for the game all of a sudden Maybe on another, you know, game on the schedule. Oh, Maybe okay, on a different okay. one that's a little closer to home. We can okay. see about something going on there, though. All right, all right, all right. I mean, hey, you want to come out for Christmas to see uh, Cardinals uh, against Tom Brady? I mean, we got a day Christmas Day game. Wow, you know, we, right. we can make that happen. Going in, uh, NFL going up and in on the uh, on the NBA slate. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, it is a Sunday though, so right. I mean. It is what it is. But, okay, I've tried to wrap the show three times, and uh, Adam, who's on a tight schedule, is keeps it going because he just can't resist. Well, 
find us at Bird Gang Travel, birdgangmexico.com. And uh, yeah, wherever, make sure you download, subscribe, wherever you find podcasts. Uh, you can also go to cardinalspodcast.com for all the cool links to get to this show. And with that, don't forget to kick off in the valley. Oh.